Hello and good evening and welcome to continuing coverage of Channel 17's 2020 election and budget forums. My name is Howard Wooden and we're here tonight for the next half an hour or so to uh, present the South Burlington school budget. And it's my pleasure to introduce a very distinguished group here on the table here. Um, this is Elizabeth, uh, is Elizabeth your last name? Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, that's right. And Amity Denton is right there and Superintendent David Young is here. Now, uh, Elizabeth is the business, you're the school board chairman, the school right? School board chair, and correct. business, um, man, I remember Amity for that. <laughs> David, a lot of stuff going on in South Burlington. Let's get started, because I. But before you get started, I want to let people know that there is a telephone number for any questions. And believe me, these folks want questions. They want. And if you're out there and you want to call in, the number is 862-3966, and we'd love to have your questions. David, I'm going to turn it over to you. And I'm as a new uh, South Burlington resident, I'm very curious about this. Welcome. <laughs> I know. Welcome. Well, thanks, Howard, and again, thanks for hosting us. And. Um, we want to walk you through the, the budget. We also, the second half hour is going to be talking about the master planning and visioning. Yes. So we've got a lot of information to get out, but um, we'll do this kind of in a collaborative way. We've got some things we want to make sure we share. In no way uh, are we able to get through all of our budget information. There is an awful lot of information on our website, both about budget and, where and can also, they find that? They can find that at our, on our website, www.sbschools.net. And then there's also a link there that takes them to a more a specific component on our uh, master planning and visioning. Great. All right. Thanks. So um, we're going to, again, walk you through this, and uh, we'll kind of go back and forth, mostly between myself and Amity, and, again, uh, Elizabeth has a few things as well. Um, I'm going to recap our budget. Uh, what we're looking at for the FY21 proposed budget is a 7.96% increase in our total expenditures. Um, and what makes up those uh, what makes up the amount of money in that total expense increase is uh, 2.7 million in salary and benefit in, uh, increases. We have contingencies built in for our salaries as we have three bargaining groups that will be in the midst of bargaining um, during the FY21 fiscal year. That makes up about 65.8% of our total 4.1 million increase for FY21. And we have 1.4 million in our continuing service expenses, uh, which make up 35% of our 4.1 million increase. And what is in the continuing service expenses are our tuition uh, agreements that we already have in place, uh, the stewardship projects and general maintenance of all six of our facility buildings, contracts with vendors and service providers that are currently in place, vocational tuition expenses, and lease payment obligations. We have a slight reduction in our debt service and equipment line items, which equate to about a 0.88% decrease in our expenditures. And then offsetting our budget um, is our rev uh, what we call our local revenues, and those are just slightly down um, from our FY20 projected amounts of $12,000, and that is a slight increase in our local revenues and a slight decrease in our federal revenues, which net to a decrease of $12,000, a little over 12000 So some important facts about our budget this year. Um, one of the things I think is important in South Burlington, we have an increasing enrollment. Um, so um, this year, um, beyond what we started, we had 35 more students that came in more than what we thought. Uh, that's one. And then um, as we've progressed through the year, again, looking at our projections, we expect about 68 additional more students, so bringing us up to about 103 projected over our kind of current year projections. So anything that is 
Any reason? Well, again, for again, you you were previously talking with Tom Hubbard about right. Market Street, right. for an example, but a lot of developments that are coming online, mm -hmm. uh, some affordable housing things are coming online. That's a good thing, yeah. and so it's also having a, a little bit more of an uptick than what we expected yeah. around enrollment. Yeah. Um, so um, as a result, uh, we some of the factors, and we'll go over this a little bit more when we go through the calculation. But equalized pupils; these are not seated students, but um, calculated components of, of a student. So high school gets a little bit more than a elementary, et cetera, ELL a little bit more. So all those factored in, um, those are important factors, what we call equalized pupil count. That's not yet finalized. We do have a number from the Agency of Education, but not yet finalized. Um, healthcare premiums, um, I think most everybody probably in the state knows we get healthcare increases. So that's a that's a good sized chunk of our of our increase at 12.9 um, and then um, for us, looking at all of our, our groups, obviously our employees pay uh, into that as well as the district pays for those services. So that's a 17.77% increase. As Amity said earlier, we have all three collective bargaining uh, agreements. That's our teachers, union support staff, and our administrators are bargaining. Uh, class sizes, again, this goes in direct correlation with the first bullet point, is related to um, just um, you know servicing those classrooms. So we have some... Um, elementary uh, needs there for um, for our teachers. Uh, also, this budget does include facility stewardship, how we care for our facility. And um, over the years, as it says here, fifth in 2015, 16, 17, 19, and 20, we we had some bond funds that came in to help do a lot of those things that we needed to do. We don't have a bond currently specific to facilities, and therefore. Um, our, our general fund, you'll see, will go up, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in just a second. Here are some of the examples of some of the bonds. I won't go through all of it, but again, this is available, Howard, for people to look at. But the 15 and 16-year um, bonds went towards elevator replacement at the middle school, uh, some upgrades at the high school, Chamberlain roof repair. And again, you can kind of see um, how that money, bonding money, has allowed us to do the things that we needed to do. Um, again, the point being is that um, when the bonding money isn't there, it's going to all come out of just the, the local fund money. And so that's why you see those, those changes. Mm -hmm. um, so continuing on here, um, as I said, classroom teachers, so specifically uh, because of the enrollment, a little bit more going on at Rick Markup. Remember that Market Street, which is a great thing happening. But we're adding two additional classroom teachers. This whole slide actually is related to enrollment increases. Mm -hmm. um, most specifically, two classroom teachers at Rick Marcotte, one classroom teacher at Chamberlain by our airport, and then uh, some added support services and guidance um, for them, and then campus safety, although I would say that's not connected to enrollment, but connected to societal needs uh, around keeping our, our uh, campuses uh, and safe. Um, at the high school, the point eight, again, that's a point eight of a teacher, although it would be broken out in, in a sections or sections that might be needed. And again, uh, the high school seeing uh, enrollment increases as well. We have our one of our, we have actually the eighth grade class currently going over to the high school as expected, if it continues, will be the largest high school graduating class in South Burlington history. So okay. again, we have, we're a little bit of an anomaly as we as we look around to um, other places in the state. Do you know the size of that class? Uh, the, it's around 264 is what we're kind of oh, expecting, wow. um, so. And then a district nurse, the district nurse, again, helps us with a lot of the things that we need to pay attention. So this is just a portion of, a, of, a, of time of a nurse uh, in our district. Um, in addition, we, uh, 
regarding proficiency-based learning or proficiency-based graduation requirements. Uh, we're putting some additional dollars to get some a little additional support as we ready kids to move across the, the parking lot over to the high school. Athletic supervision, we run a lot of after-school programs, not just athletic, but co-curricular. This gives a little bit more supervision. You need to have somebody on site, you know, making sure we're, um, you know, following the rules and things that we need to. Um, human, soft, human resource software increased uh, related to just the, the legal requirements of keeping track of, of, of our work. We were hopeful that the accounting system in, in, out of the state of Vermont would have had that, but unfortunately it doesn't. And so this is a purchase that we need to we need to bear. Rave software again. This is an alert system that allows us to, if there's something going on, uh, allows us the ability to connect very quickly to inform people. And then here's where you see that maintenance and facility was as I previously talked about the bonding, but 516,000 is directly correlated to um, to the upkeep. However, we're trying to minimize the amounts Obviously. that we put onto the high school and the middle school. Right. Although we we even with a positive vote, we have to bridge still some number of years, so we have to keep it operational. Um, the payment on the bond, the payment on the line of credit. So we took out a line of credit of about $350,000 to do the work of our architect, communication, and our financial advising. Uh, this pays the interest on that. We didn't budget for those, those dollars. Um, obviously, we didn't exactly know the direction, nor did the board back then know what they were going to do with with the um, uh, direction of master planning, but this pays back that interest. And so those are the, that's a, a kind of a quick recap on those, those additions. This next slide just um, is a summary of our total budget sort of broken out by our categories. Um, the top section talks about our revenue. I spoke of earlier local revenues. In the second column under the proposed 20 bu 21 budget, um, the 11.2 million, almost 3 million, that we take in from non-property tax dollars is listed there. And then um, our requirement of the state education fund would be the 45 million. There is an additional amount of money beyond what our budget total is of $437,267 this year, and that's due to a deficit that our um, fiscal year FY19 ended with. So in order to um, pay that deficit back, we have to ask the education fund for that fu those funds. Not our, It's not listed in our total budget because we budgeted that before. but. Um, in the second section, the expenditures are listed by categories of um, salaries and wages. And what you can see on the far right two columns, the percent change from in category, so salaries in uh, FY20 versus salaries for our projected FY21 is up 4.94%. Mm -hmm. in, inside of those numbers, we have new staff that we just talked about on those prior slides. We do have all of our um, groups with changes in like the non-union support staff, um, salary changes, things like that are enlisted in, in that area. And so that actually makes up 3% of our total 7.9% budget increase. Um, our health insurance, uh, as David mentioned, 12.9% just in premium increase. And then um, Act 11 was passed, which is a statewide health care um, initiative. And uh, it's bringing on some significant changes to how um, employers will be responsible in, in paying the out-of-pocket dollars that an employee's health plan doesn't cover. So 
Oh, that's interesting. Yes. So, uh, yeah. so to explain that a little bit better, currently our employees pay for the first dollars, depending on what group they're in, of their health care um, and of out-of-pocket expenses. And then there's an, a district fund HRA to cover the, the balances and such. So the state's plan now says that the employer will begin paying first dollar, and then the employee would remain to pay at the very end of that small amount of out-of-pocket. So it's, it's shifted the expenses um, to the employer first, and so we feel that our r responsibilities are, are you know, going to be headed in an upward tick. Another part of this Act 11 is that employees that work 17 and a half hours uh, a week on average would be eligible for benefits, which is a lower threshold than what we currently offer more with the 30 hours. So that will yeah. right, bring more people onto our health yeah. plan. So it does see, as you can see, it's 17.77% right. more in budget over our current year. Right. So that's significant for us and nothing we had control on, no. unfortunately. Um, so the remaining employee benefits make up uh, 104,000 increase over uh, our current year. And then um, purchase professional services is up uh, about 20%. And what's in that, again, I mentioned was special education service providers. We have contracts with them already. Students mm -hmm. on IEPs have specific needs. Um, we have facility contracts that are part of that as well. And, you know, as things are increasing, this line as well. Um, purchase technical services is up just a little over 90,000. And um, purchase property services is up the 502, and most of that increase is our facility stewardship projects that are now in the general fund budget rather than by debt service payment because of a bond. Right. So that makes a significant difference, as you see. Um, insurance for vehicles and property and casualty stuff is just up slightly over 18. Um, or under, excuse me, 19. <laughs> uh, other purchase services is up 213,000, and that would be, um, oh, trying to think what's in that line at the moment. I am, I'm spacing that, but um, that would be other services that we um, have to purchase from, um, I'd say, tuition, and um, we have seen a t an uptick in our vocational tuition costs because more students are attending our vocational centers, so there has been that increase over the years. Uh, the supplies and material lines, we try to keep that as minimal as we can, but we have you know increasing enrollment, which means we need more supplies for our students, and so that's up slightly at 192,000. Uh, equipment is down just slightly under 25,000. Um, we try always to keep our expenses as minimal as we can where we can. And then the contingency uh, transfers, we have a transfer of um, money from our general fund into our nutritional services of 50,000. We've been doing that over the years to help offset the, the um, deficit that that program has had historically. It's been doing much better. We've seen positives, but you know those histories kind of follow you. That's so we're helping yeah. to that. And then contingency for salaries with these um, contract negotiations is also in there. And we have a contingency for um, programs just in the event. We have very little, um, we have no uh, fund balance to spend down if we have something unexpected take place. So this is a little bit of a contingency for that. And then there's a slight reduction of 10000 in our debt service, and that's just paying, you know, when we are paying down our bonds, it just reduces our premium or our interest, excuse me. If we go on to the next chart, I want to remind our viewers that uh, if you have a question, please call 862-3966. These folks want your question. They want to be able to explain it. Um, yeah, let's move on. There's a lot of good stuff here. 
Good. I don't need to duplicate too much of what Amity's already covered on, but visually that we have a pie chart that demonstrates um, that about 80%, little over 80% of the district's expenses in, uh, in any given year, but also in the budget over budget increase is tied to salaries and wages, uh, or wages and benefit increases. Mm -hmm. And I think Amity did a great job explaining where those are coming from in terms of staff associated with new enrollment, as well as the healthcare benefit premiums um, specifically. The next biggest chart on or color on this pie chart is the green, and that is the professional services that Amity mentioned. And lastly, the last three smaller segments are the supplies, materials, equipment, and then the debt service and other category. Um, you know, one of the things that I've seen over my going into my 15th year of board service is the issue that David brought up, which is really that a lot of the um, facility stewardship has come and has come out of the operating budget. And I think all schools around the state are seeing with aging facilities, and ours are approaching 60 years, uh, that our ability to cover the facility needs out of an annual operating budget becomes more limited. Mm. So some of the bond history that you saw explained efforts that we made to mitigate the more significant needs in any given budget year. But what we're seeing now and what you'll hear about next is really an effort to look at redefining um, uh, investments in our facilities outside of an annual operating budget. Mm -hmm. This next slide, Howard, is, um, is our kind of representation to, to provide some clarity to where the 11.22% tax rate increase is coming from. And so on the bottom left is obviously um, the number of students. Maybe I remember I mentioned the equalized pupil count. So it's up because we have more students. You heard me talk about the more students. But it doesn't come to us all in one year. It's a two-year um, rolling average, right? right? And so if you have, you know, 100, it's not as simple as this, but if you had 100 more students, as I said, you'd see about half of that, depending upon how that breakout is. So, again, that's an important part of the equation so for us. When does it catch up at some point? Well, again, it kind of shores up along the way. Um, uh, well, it really never totally shores okay. up for you, right, because yeah. it's a two-year roll. Right. But for us, um, where I thought you were going was when do we actually get the confirmed amount right. number, right. and that doesn't really happen <laughs> until the end of the legislative session. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. okay. It's yeah. supposed to happen sooner. However, yeah. we've had some, the states had some change in how they collect data, which has then kind of postponed our finalized numbers. So we should be seeing something final very soon. But unfortunately, it doesn't usually come until after we've already had to present and that's right. asked our voters. So that's really hard, right, when we don't have all of the, 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 the data, available data to provide that. The next one up is our expenditure. And again, that's a, a big part of that. That's where you saw a lot of the, you know, adding of our staff, a lot of those enrollment-related pieces. Um, so um, that's all in that 10.1. Uh, our estimated revenue, you heard Amity talk about a little slight redu reduction there. So that's, that obviously um, loads on the, on the tax rate a little bit. Our deficit from the prior year, you heard that part, that's 1.09. The yield is up a little, so that, that helps um, by 2.41. And then the common level appraisal, this is a big one. Um, as homes sell above their appraised value, then that obviously moves this common level appraisal down, and then that has a factor on us. So 4% of the 11 is related to the common level of appraisal. So about eight, really almost eight percent is is directly correlative to CLA enrollment those facility needs the health care and kind of that campus safety so eight of the 11 and again I think that's important for people to understand when they kind of quantify um, that obviously if we had significantly downward turning enrollment uh, then that obviously I think would 
um, add some really, really heightened concerns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, we often have the question, the budget increases 9 or 8 percent. Why is my tax rate going up 11? So we have um, wonderful help from our operations and finance director to have this formula written in words that I think the general public could understand. So we, we start out with our total expense of $55.8 million. And then from that, we subtract our local revenues. Those, again, are the ones that are not part of our education fund of 11.2, which gives us what's called our education spending. Now, this FY21 is a little different because of that 437000 deficit that we have to repay. We need to add that to that ed spending number, which typically it would just be expenses minus revenue gives us that ed spending right. dollar. But this year it's a little different with that um, deficit repayment. So that number, $45 million, is then divided by our equalized pupils. And again, as David mentioned, it's still an estimate because we have not received our final numbers. Um, and that gives us our education spending per equalized pupil. And that is 17,400, 17, which is definitely below the state's uh, excess spending threshold of 18,700. 18, uh, I'm so used to speaking in millions, which is sad. <laughs> um, and that um, cost per pupil is then, um, we take our property yield, which is provided by the state each year in December uh, by the tax commissioner, and then it can change during this, that term of the, the legislature. They're often not settling on that number until very near the end of the session. And that number of 10,888 um, is, uh, the, we take our uh, ed spending per equalized pupil of the 17,447 and divide it by the 10,883 to get to our equalized tax rate and that's $1.60. Um, from there, we then have to divide that by our um, CLA number, which David has mentioned is down quite significantly, and that gives us our homestead tax rate, the tax rate that folks might pay their taxes on, but that's $1.78. That number can be, um, obviously can change due to some of the factors from the state, but also that number then when you um, multiply that by, uh, or divide that by 100 for your home value, gives you, um, I think we've on a $100,000 home, and we'll get to this slide in a bit, mm -hmm. it would be an increase of about $180 mm -hmm. per 100,000 of That's assessed good value. Know. So we'll show a slide with those numbers later. So uh, it, the reason why our per pupil spending is a little lower than the average of the state. Is that because of economy of scale? Because we, you know, we have you know a larger district, we can we can be a little more efficient on services and various things. Or I think there's, a, I mean, the, the it's probably sounds easy, but it's not. There's okay. a lot of factors that go in, right? The equalized pupils, right. this common level appraiser for that particular community. Obviously, they're spending. And so um, I think we have to be careful not to, to, to do that in, in, in simple terms, a lot of factors in there. That is in part what makes it kind of confusing for communities where we're seeing increased growth, somebody's right. saying something different, exactly. but based on the home value and sale, right, it's kind of disproportionate. You, if you do a good job as a community, which we are, I think, um, home values are selling higher, people want to move here, but that has a direct, ad, you know, direct correlation, I don't want to say adverse, but a correlation to the tax rate. Right. 
So again, those a lot of those factors are in play currently. So we have about five minutes, you know. So so we're 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 close to being on Howard, and I want to allow the the, the next slide here is just a, a quick. Um, snapshot of where we are with enrollment versus our staffing. And this is all staffing. These are all of our nutrition service folks, our, our drivers, et cetera. And so what you see here is just where we are in enrollment, that 2,556 um, 500, 2, in our FTEs are 500. Basically, the two lines demonstrate that obviously if you had enrollment that was going the opposite and you had, had FTEs going above it, then that's, there's a concern. And there's, there's stories in there, but... Um, I think, to, for the most part, people, um, community members, want to see that that's headed in that in that well, trajectory. I, what it looks like is that the the FTEs is very stable across there, very little increase at all there, while enrollment continues to go up. And mm -hmm. that's, yeah. I don't know, Elizabeth. You want to touch this one? Is this the ten-year, five-year, and um, yeah, just and, really briefly, we tried to take a look at for the community to look at the, uh, the both the rate of uh, the budget request and the percent spending, and then what it tied to in terms of tax rate increase. So what we wanted to demonstrate is there is volatility in both uh, the spending year over year as well as the impact of the tax rate as dictated by the variables that David mentioned. But if you look at the five-year averages, uh, the spending increase is about 4.1% and over 10 years it's 2.91% and that's translated into tax rates over five years on average of 2.05. Uh, and on a 10-year average of 2.46. And again, there's cycles to all of the, the budgeting phenomena as well as the variables that impact tax rate, but we do pride ourselves on really trying to maintain that within a fairly reasonable band for the community. And then the last slide, again, not easy to read, um, but Amity can kind of walk you through this a little bit here. This, this chart comes actually from the budget book that will be available to the public um, tomorrow right. and then in the mail if they wish and so on. But it just gives an estimate on the top section. It's the, there's three columns. The first is the city's budget, which I think Tom went over. And the second would be the school districts. And we compare last year or we're our current year to um, next year's proposed budget. And then the combined rates are listed here. But down at the bottom, it just kind of gives an um, a resident an idea of what that means to them. And so as um, Tom mentioned, a, a condominium that's valued about 234000 the school part um, would show an increase of $422 per year on that um, assessed value. And then um, on a home that's valued around two hundred and forty one thousand or three hundred and forty one, excuse me, um, it would increase the tax six hundred and thirteen dollars for the year. And that's again just the school portion. Um, the both city and school are combined in this chart. Just um, we obviously are going to talk about our section a little bit, but um, you know we. I know that the city works really hard to keep their budget in check, and then we do the same. And with some of the unexpected drivers with our health care, you know, we've we've done our very best to try to help keep our costs down. But with the large increase in our um, needs to take care of our facilities and not having the bond funding to do that for all of the schools, this time is put a, another, you know, pressure on our The budget. last few seconds, are there forums coming up that people can go to? So let's make sure people know. Yeah. So again, as you heard from Tom, we're going to have on uh, March 2nd, we yeah. have a, you know, another opportunity for people to come out on specific on the budget. That's the combined city and school, which we've already done. You're going to hear in a few minutes, we have a whole series of opportunities to hear more about the, the master planning, envisioning, and bonding. Um, so there'll be times available. And plus, we're available. You know, school board members list their email, and um, our offices are open 
and we're happy to either take an email or a phone call. And um, we really appreciate when people are asking those questions. Again, just to, the, the recap, as I said earlier, you know, that 8% eight, that 8 increase for us is directly correlated to a lot of the things that are going on. CLA has that four, those enrollment pieces, as I said, the healthcare that you heard mentioned, and then the care of our facilities. That's 8% eight, that's 8 of the 11. Right. And obviously, as, as uh, Elizabeth pointed out in the pie chart, is we're, we're heavily on, on, on staff. And so those are obviously then associated with a multitude of factors with those collective bargaining agreements. Yeah. Yep. Well, I want to thank you folks, and please stick around if you want to hear a little bit more about the master plan. Um, but this kind of concludes our budget um, portion of this, which will be available, by the way, on Channel 17's site. You can go to ch17.tv or to cctv.org. Uh, and I want to appreciate all of you folks. I know that uh, I look forward to doing it again next year. And uh, um, good work. And right, I know there's so much community involvement in this process, and I, you know that's the one that we didn't get a chance, to, but there are so many committees and things that help to put this together. So congratulations on all the hard work. So thank you, Howard. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks folks. Thanks,